This is a GRDC podcast. Are you a resilient farmer? G'day, I'm Chris Brown. Gone are the days when a few good years made up for a whole lot of bad years in farming. Nowadays, a farm business needs to be strong and stable enough financially to cope with a number of external shocks, perhaps over multiple years. So what makes a farm business resilient? Well, this year, Chris Minahan, a partner in the agricultural consultancy Rural Management Strategies, based in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, presented a paper at a GRDC research update that went into great detail about what it means to be a resilient farm business in 2019. In the first of two parts, I speak to Chris about what a farm business should look like on paper and ways that can be achieved by better business management. In my presentation, I talked about resilience as being the ability to avoid, mitigate or deal with external shocks or or stresses. And so those could be things like droughts and frost, flooding, but also things like the death or injury of a key person, a key decision maker in the, in the business. Do you think it's hard to get people to step back and look at their business holistically? Uh, yeah, definitely. A lot of really good farmers are very focused on the production issues and typical of many growers, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are very focused on the day-to-day aspects and by their nature, a lot, a lot of them are a very much detail focused work ethic yeah. pride themselves on doing a, you know, a good day's work and, and being diligent but often they get too caught up in in the day-to-day running of their business and getting all the jobs done and don't leave any time to plan or to look strategically at their business so how do you get them to take that step back well part of the way that we operate is we have a series of strategic planning meetings throughout the year so Uh, On two or three occasions throughout the year, we'll have a meeting that might go all day. Where we can, we have them off off farm, so not distracted by jobs that are screaming at you from out the back door. But yeah, setting aside time throughout the year that's specifically for making those longer term strategic decisions. Part of being off farm is it's a change of mindset, allows the the clients to step away from that day to day thinking. Now I notice you say that it's a fault with farming businesses that they don't plan far enough ahead. Yeah that's right that's yeah, in, in my opinion I think a lack of planning is responsible for a number of issues in Australian agriculture. So we do our business plans and budgets generally go out two years ahead but our production plans they'll usually have a sort of four to five year planning horizon so we know when paddocks are coming in or out of pasture or crop and and it gives us the ability to identify those paddocks and do things like manage grass weeds in the pasture phase so that when they come into crop they're a a much cheaper much more profitable uh, paddock through the cropping phase we're not spending large amounts of money on artificial nitrogen or or grass weed control which you otherwise would if you've just made the decision at the last minute that the paddock's too bare or you know too sparse and you have to it's time to come into crop it that needs to be probably a three-year process of, of coming back in so if there's such a thing as an average farmer do farmers think that far ahead about paddock use as you point out it's hard to and I'm 
be cautious about yeah. about um, sure. giving an answer there on the average farmer. But I think a lot of decisions are probably made on a on a nine to eighteen month horizon, mm. and a lot of decisions in the short term about particularly crop choice and rotation ignore the the flow on effects yeah. of of what that might mean. And also includes seasonal issues. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm. And there's got to be a bit of a balance there between not being too rigid so you miss out on opportunities or or your risks are too high, but there needs to be some level of structure to work around. Otherwise, yeah, you, you lack direction. Now, you stress that cost structures will determine whether or not you have a successful business. Yeah, that's right. And that's one of the things that we focus heavily on is getting the cost structure low enough so that in good years you're making more profit, but in years that go badly Mm. financially and and from a production point of view, you're not actually losing money. And in that we focus on things like scale and reducing overheads, but also using that good production planning to reduce your input costs, particularly grass weed control and, and nitrogen, two major you know, big ticket items that can be reduced by having you know, better planning. Yeah. And you propose some targets. One of them is EBIT. Explain to me what that is and what would be a good EBIT figure. So EBIT is um, earnings before interest and tax, which is essentially income minus operating costs. So it just takes out the financing component and, and obviously the tax. So it allows businesses within agriculture and outside of agriculture to be compared. The measure that I use quite a lot is, um, is EBIT margin, which is your EBIT as a percentage of total income. And there, our target range is 20 to 30%. So if the income is a million dollars, then we'd be looking for operating costs to be less than 80% of that to give you a $200,000 to $300,000 EBIT margin. Now, there are other measures that you mentioned, such as return on assets and fixed versus variable cost ratios. What are some good targets there? We like to see fixed costs less than 40% of total costs. And the reason for that is the higher the fixed costs, the greater the hurdle you've got to cover in years where you have poor production. Yeah. So trying to reduce those costs that you've got to pay year in, year out, whether you start the tractor or not, it's a good target to have. And return on assets was the other one. So aiming for sort of 3 to 5% return on assets year on year, although agriculture is notoriously volatile, and so you can go from you know, 1% to 2% to 6% to 8% you know, year to year in terms of returns. And also I'd say it's getting harder to achieve our sort of targets in return on assets or sales to assets as the asset value goes up. One of the other targets you mention is equity. Is business equity becoming a bit of a problem in the Eastern Australia drought? Look, equity will be a problem for some where businesses have, their land values have increased quite rapidly in this area and um, and in some cases that's probably hiding some poor performance and and a lot of that's been seasonal but it means that some businesses have been losing money but have been able to keep going because the land value has has kept increasing which allows them to, to maintain their equity levels but those businesses are probably very exposed to 
either a plateauing or a decrease in land value or, or an increase in, um, in interest costs. When businesses are assessing their performance and the growth of their net worth, they need to remember that they're running two different businesses. There's a real estate business yes. Of, yes. of owning land and that goes up in value, and then there's the farming business, which is using those assets to, to generate income. And often, I think, the increase in land can mask underperformance in the business management side. So what do you think is a good level of equity? It depends on the individual and the individual business and what stage of the business cycle they are. Businesses that have you know, another generation that, that wants to come home and need to be in an expanding uh, mode and those that have got good ability to generate cash, they can probably operate at 60% equity provided that they've, yeah, they've got good cash generation, whereas some businesses that don't generate good sales to assets they can struggle to be viable at 80% equity. Mm. So it's a, yeah, it is really sort of horses for courses, but mm. as a broad statement, yeah, you'd, you'd want to be probably 75% mm. or better, ideally, to be comfortable. Just wrapping up this part, what general advice would you give farmers about running their business? Well, the first thing is to, is to have a plan. We'd start with looking at the goals and, and aspirations of the family members. That's a good starting point. You need to know where you are, so how you're currently performing, what's your current situation. You then need to know where do you want to go. And once you know where you are and where you want to go, well, then we can work through how to get there. But, but certainly you know, having a plan to start with is really critical. Taking time away from the day-to-day running of the business to think about some, some longer-term strategies is really key. And also staying fresh, making sure you allow yourself time to um, have a break, take holidays and that sort of thing so that you, you're making the best decisions. And the first step, I suppose, is knowing that you need a plan. Yes, that's, that's right. Just trying to run your farm as a business. I think probably a generation ago, as long as you were good at the production things, the dollars sorted themselves out. So has that changed in just a generation? Oh, look, I think so. It might be two generations, but certainly we can no longer just expect to be good producers, good at growing crops, good at growing livestock, produce good stock, and assume that that's going to be enough for us to have a successful business. We still need to do all those things well, but we also need to have the business structures in place, the finance structures. We need to understand how to best manage machinery, purchasing and machinery ownership, ways of financing those things, and also just the processes for making good decisions. All those things need to be part of running a modern farming business. Chris Minahan from Rural Management Strategies in Wagga Wagga. In the second part of our interview, we step outside the office and look at what it means to be a resilient farmer from a production point of view and ask the question, is maximising yield the end goal?